listening to EP Culture Beat, the underground source of El Paso, Texas. How's it going, man? How are you? Pretty good, man. Um, just here, um, still trying to, you know, keep keep everything afloat with everything going on, all the crazy stuff. Go ahead and introduce yourself to the people listening out there. Yeah, so uh, my name is Louis Castorena. I'm uh, the owner of uh, Madre Nostra Kombucha. Um, it's run by me and my wife. Cool. And, um, yeah, so we, we've been making kombucha um, since 2016, commercially. Oh, that's a while now. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, it's been it's been good three almost three and a half years. Isn't it if you survive your first year or two years in a business that you should be good? I think that's what they say, but um, I still don't consider um, us because I, I guess since we're so small and and I was doing it as a I was still working full time, so I, I I don't have employees. But yeah, usually they say if you make it two years, you're successful. But um. Yeah, I've, I've yet to have like a lot of um, overhead or anything to really test us. <laughs> cool, cool. But yeah. So, um, how'd you get started in the kombucha biz? Um, so I was a funny story. I was home brewing uh, kombucha because I, I had a beer kit to make beer, and I made it once. Um, it didn't really come out that good. It was okay, and uh, I, I never made it again. And um, you know, I was I, we were drinking a lot of kombucha, so I started brewing like you know small batches. And posting it on my personal Instagram, cool. and yeah, a local business reached out. I was like, "Hey, would you be interested in selling it at a, at a farmers market?" And um, so we looked into all the permits and everything, and I did it. And uh, that's how, pretty much how we started. That's awesome, man. Can you explain what kombucha is? Yeah, so uh, kombucha is a um, it's a ancient uh, fermented tea. So it's been brewed for about close to two thousand years, and. Um, some say it originated in China, some say in Russia, but uh, yeah, pretty much what you do is you make a, a sweet tea. You can use, some people use honey, that's pretty much June kombucha. Um, you can use sugar and um, you pretty much let it ferment for, I'd say, depending on the batch size, anywhere from one week to two and a half weeks. Cool. And um, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a it, for some it's an acquired taste because mm-hmm. uh, it is kind of like a, like a tart uh, sparkling tea kind of smells like a vinegar. It could be so many different things, which is what I really love about it. Is the brewing process difficult to master? I, I don't think I've mastered it yet, but yeah, it, it's not as difficult as um, as I would think a, a beer, like a mead or wine mm-hmm. is because those kind of things are are um, really like everything is calculated as far as like how much yeast you're going to pitch and all that. Um, with kombucha, you pretty much... It's, it's a really, really, like, strong um, beverage during the fermentation. So you can get um, a lot of, like, um, other um, bacteria yeast introduced, mm-hmm. which could give it off flavors. But it's it's not as common as with beer. Because with beer, like, everything has to be, like, clean, sanitized, and, like, sealed and fermented like that. Mm-hmm. And you, even if you use, like, a lime that is from a wild, like, beer, a sour beer, it can just mess up your your whole system. Um, with kombucha, it's a little more resilient. It'll uh, it'll it, it puts up with a lot more, but but um, you can pretty much pinpoint like where something went wrong. Yeah, so it's, it's crazy because like you're pretty much balancing bacteria and yeast 
and yeah. sugar. Yeah, exactly. And I think the thing that that did take a while to to, to perfect was um, getting it low ABV because the government makes us keep it below zero point five percent. You're talking about is, alcohol volume. Yeah, alcohol by volume. So, in order to sell it commercially without a, a like a a liquor license or anything like that, you need to keep it below a certain level. And that's what kind of takes a while to, to get right on your recipe. There's a lot of little yeah, things. Yeah, and those, those little things, like even if you're at 0.6%, mm-hmm. um, that, that can, you know, bring a lot of fines and maybe even close you down. So it's pretty scary, but we got it down. We work with the laboratory, test, test the batches and stuff. So we're, we're, luckily, we're able to keep it below that. You guys are you guys are responsible mad scientists. Yeah, 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 responsible. Yeah, mad scientists. I'm trying to be. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, what's the most important thing you've learned from brewing it? Probably, um, just keeping the alcohol down. That's probably the most responsible thing that I've learned because mm-hmm. uh, we get a lot of customers that give it to their kids. So we, we don't want to you know we don't want to sell something that that is potentially uh, you know one percent alcohol or something that can that can you know cause something bad or something and makes you know make someone mad at us and be like hey i, I trust you guys and yeah and you're selling alcoholic stuff but yeah that's the most responsible thing why are people drinking it so much lately um i think for the fact that you know they've done a good job marketing as far as like the big brands but um i think people have been we've been so accustomed to drinking like sugary drinks mm-hmm. and people started people started like kind of getting away from that they went to like diet sodas and then from diet they went to like sparkling uh water and and you know double chico and all that so people are more accustomed to to stuff that isn't as sweet and um it's pretty much like a like a cider and i i think it kind of goes hand in hand with the growth of sour beers too like you wouldn't really see too many sour beers a, a few years ago and they started to just you know boom again and uh, so now, like, sour beers, ciders, seltzers, and kombucha, I think they all kind of, you know, they kind of fall in the same place as far as acquired taste. Yeah, I guess people are just trying to be healthier. It, it's kind of weird because um, you get so many different people, too, that, that like, like, and I don't like to, like, uh, prejudge or anything, but sometimes I'm like, oh, these people, probably, you know, they, they, they kind of made a face at first when they first heard the name. They're probably not going to like it. I'm going to, you know... Uh, brace for for someone to, like for them to say something like oh I spit it out or something, but they end up liking it. So it, it's really hard to tell you know who's gonna like it and who's not. But um, for the most part, like it it, it shocks them at first, but yeah. then when when they you know get to let it settle down and drink it, they're they're like oh you know what this is actually really good. Like I didn't expect it you know to to be like this. I, I thought it was gonna, everyone tells me it's like vinegar. The Mexican culture, the Mexican American culture, we grew up in with a lot of spices. Yeah. So I guess that makes it easier for some people to like, to uh, get used to the taste. I guess. Yeah. Um. Some. Some. Depending, because there's some people that grew up um drinking like tepache, and um, that that's another fermented drink. So they they kind of like they'll smell it and be like, oh, this kind of reminds me of tepache, you know? Yeah. So I I tell them yeah, it's similar. It's a similar thing. It's just natural things, man. Yeah, exactly. It's 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 uh it's an old drink, but it's it's you know it's starting to to really um, grow as of late. I read that it's possible to drink too much of it, and it could have uh, varying side effects. I think it depends pretty much like anything. It, too much of anything is bad. Yeah. But um, 
the only time that I've ever seen anything was there's a there's a YouTube video out out there that um, some guy tries to get drunk off of it, so he buys like twelve bottles at the <laughs> store. Yeah, and he he drinks like every single one, and he's recording it. Yeah, and um, it kind of goes. It starts off with him t- drinking them, and then it ends with him on the couch, like laying down, sweating, saying that he's been going to the restroom nonstop. And um, he didn't get buzzed though, so <laughs> he uh, he didn't get buzzed, but he did. Uh, he did get kind of sick. So yeah, pretty much like anything, you, you should limit yourself. And I usually tell people to, to start with eight to, to twelve ounces mm-hmm. and um, take it like that, especially because it's not as it's not as uh, as cheap as like. Uh, water like a topo chico or something so mm-hmm. you, you really don't want to drink too much of it well it's funny because people people drink it for their stomach health but you can drink it too much and affect your stomach negatively and it, it'll just be like cramps and stuff and probably mm-hmm. go to the restroom i personally drink a lot of it um uh since i'm there brewing batches and stuff i'll, I'll be sampling some i make sure that the flavors that we have on tap are are you know up to to what, the quality that, that I like to serve, and I'm constantly having you know a glass here and a glass there. So I'm pretty sure you know at the end of the day I drink like maybe six to four ounces if I if I do um, if I'm there like on a brew day. Yeah, I, I guess I've kind of become accustomed to it. Dang man, you're a straight yeah. up kombucha man. <laughs> yeah, it's it's kind of crazy. Like uh, I get home and I can smell it on my shirt because I'm there like all day brewing. I'm like, man, I uh, I really need a find something to to uh like maybe use uh coveralls or something because that's definitely <laughs> being around it all day um i read that you could also um use it for alcoholic drinks yeah there's um i've, I've made some personal batches we don't sell it but i made some for for myself and my wife and, and friends mm-hmm. when they come over and uh, yeah there's a lot of companies that are coming out that are making it um san diego has a few of them and I think Whole Foods sells a few different um, alcoholic kombuchas, and you can get it up to like seven percent. I've seen some that supposedly go up to ten yeah. percent. So um, that's another thing that I've been thinking about. We've been thinking if we should get a license and start doing that. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't know. That's, that's probably going to be a lot more money, so we might have to put that on hold. But it's okay to use it as a, as just a like a, a straight mixer, like toss your vodka in it. Oh yeah, yeah, you can do that too. Yeah, you can you can um, make like cocktails with it. Yeah, yeah. Um, one of our accounts, um, Eloise, over there on Shadow Mountain, the restaurant and, and bar, um, we make them a, a special flavor. Uh, we usually it's seasonal. We, we'll change it up for them, and, and they make um, specialty drinks with it. So they they've made a, a whiskey sour with it. They've made a, a mojito. They, they do a lot of stuff with the kombucha. Um, so yeah, you you can mix it with alcohol, champagne, wine. Cool, man. When did you first have it? Um, that's funny. The first time I had it, I, I'm a big uh, Joe Rogan fan, right? So I, I listened to the podcast like religiously. Cool. And back like in 2012, he um he had talked about the multi green kombucha that's that has like spinach. So I bought some like not right away. Like I didn't go and buy it because he said it. But I was at the store and I was like, oh, that's what he was talking about. I'm gonna buy a bottle and I bought it and, and I opened it in the car and. And uh, it kind of just exploded, and uh, and I tasted. It. I was like, "No, this is this is like really bad. I don't like this stuff." <laughs> so uh, I didn't touch it again for like maybe a year or two. Um, actually, like yeah, maybe a little longer. And um, but yeah, the first time was a bad like a bad experience. I, I did not like it. Yeah, Ooh. which is crazy because. 
now, now I have a, a company that makes it. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask you. Uh, where can people buy your drink? And I saw recently on your Instagram that you guys already uh, put it in cans, too. There's a few places around town, but with COVID-19, a lot of places are affected by it. But um, there's um, on the east side, you can go to Global Coffee, um, the cafe right there on, on Saragossa. Cool. They have our kombucha. There's a, a gym uh, called RKU. It's a pretty big gym. They have it. Um, west side, you can go to um, Mom's Fresh, Eloise. It's hard to think off the top of my head, but I do have it on our Instagram. We have a, a, a post of a link of all the places that carry us. And then, of course, we have a location on the east side of town, and uh, that's where we, we make it and we sell it on Wednesdays and Fridays. We're open from 2 p.m. till 7 p.m. Mm-hmm. And Saturdays and Sundays we're open from 11 a.m. till 2 p.m. And people can order it online. We do uh, online orders, and we deliver two days out of the week, so uh, all around town. Too. So if you place an order there, we can we can take it to you, and and you can try it. And uh, the cans, um, those we we had some issues with our our can machine because it was kind of leaking, so we had to adjust it. So hopefully next week we're gonna have those launched. Probably when, when this is released, we'll probably already have them out. Cool. What's the best-selling flavor? It's probably our hopped passion fruit. We dry hop it, kind of like an IPA. So it smells like an IPA, but it doesn't have that bitter taste. Uh-huh. And then you get that, that tanginess from the passion fruit. Um, that's probably our number one seller. And then a close second is the pica fresa, which is strawberry with tamarindo and chile. Nice. That one, we kind of did it as a as an ode to, to you know, childhood uh, mexican candies you know yeah yeah yeah. Uh, yeah i really like the pica fresa so i was like i was sitting there one time and i was like you know i'm gonna try to make a, a kombucha with with uh, these ingredients so i, I used some fresh tamarindo and strawberries and you know kind of came up with a recipe for that that's cool man so what's like the weirdest flavor combo that you've come up with i look up to a lot of breweries that do a lot of crazy stuff so i, I try to do the same thing with kombucha um one of the craziest ones that we've done is a banana chai mm-hmm. um just because that, that's pretty much a, um, a fruit that they tell you to stay away from when it comes to kombucha. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, you know what, I'm going to try it, and, and people loved it. So we, we do it seasonally. Um, that one is, is a crazy one. But we also kind of dabble with adding salt. I'm a big fan of, like, dozas and stuff, so we made some with, with salt in it, and people like that too. So um, I have a few weird ones that we're probably going to release for, for summer. Hopefully everything is back to normal where we can actually do farmer's markets again and stuff and kind of release them there. Awesome. Why do they suggest to stay away from bananas? I guess because of the flavor. Um, mm-hmm. They don't think that it translates well in kombucha. And because of the – it's kind of like oily when you're, when you're using it. Um, so I, I guess – I don't know. I, I, when I first posted that we're going to do a banana one, I got a lot of messages like from other kombucha companies, like small ones like like us, yeah. saying like, "Hey, you should like really not do that because it's really it doesn't come out tasting really good." <laughs> Beware the banana. <laughs> yeah, they're like, I wouldn't really, I wouldn't recommend it. We tried it and it's not good, and nobody liked it. And I was like, "No, I'm gonna try mixing it." I use the Thai spices because I, I felt like it could taste like a banana bread kind of. So oh. I I didn't want to just do banana by itself. So we we added some spices in there, and and I I personally think it's really good. It, it kind of does taste like a banana bread. Well, each scientist has their own methods, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And, and I'm pretty sure they probably did it differently. Yeah, um, exactly. The way I, I infuse things, I really don't do it the, the way that you would think to do it. Like, I kind of look, look back at other books of, like, 
whether it's baking or or baking beer or anything I, I try to do things like that so we get different flavors out of it cool um what's coming up in the future um so besides the besides the cans um another thing that we have uh coming up is going to be more of our cold brew coffee because we currently make coffee for for a few cafes and restaurants um we keg it so as soon as everything like we were planning on opening for spring we're going to change our hours and open up more um but uh once this all settles and things get as close to normal as possible we're going to um, extend our hours offer at least three different um coffee uh, nitro cold brew coffee flavors and of course at least six six kombuchas on draft so um we'll be doing that and then also selling like loose leaf tea and um just messing with other other kind of ferments too cool where can people find you on the web um so right now the main the main one that we usually like to use is just instagram uh we're just mother nostra on there and our website um we currently switched it to just a store so right now it's just the the online store that we have but instagram is probably the best way to to reach us and to uh keep updated on on any like new flavors or any any pop-ups or anything like that cool um what's the meaning behind the name so when you're making kombucha um they call the the scoby which um the scoby is an acronym it's for uh either symbiotic culture or symbiotic colony of bacteria and yeast and uh they call it a you know they either call it a scoby or they call it the mother and uh when i was trying to come up with a name and the logo i was like you know what i i, uh, I kind of want to put a little like a spanish like at least madre i wanted to use the word madre not mother mm-hmm. so i was like you know what i'll use madre but Madre Nuestra sounds too much like a church or like a, some sort of religion. So I, I was like, you know what, I'm going to put Madre Nuestra, which is a little different. Yeah. And um, so we kind of did that, and and uh, it stuck whenever people asked. Like, I was like, yeah, it kind of translates to our mother. And it's funny because I'm not really a woo-woo type of person where, um, you know, uh, there's a stereotype with kombucha, like brewers and stuff, where they're, they're hippies and they, you know, they, they, they have crystals and all that, which I, I, you know, I have nothing against that. Wait a minute, you're not a hippie? Really, I'm sorry. You're not a hippie. Uh, no, I'm not. I'm not a. Uh, either way, you know, even though my my niece will tell you that I'm a hipster, but we're, I'm not. I'm, I'm not a hippie either. But um, I just really, really love fermented stuff. Cool, and, cool. Uh, but yeah, so that's pretty much the, the the way the name came up, Madre Nostra. How does El Paso inspire you? What inspires me about El Paso is that that it's still. Um, I, I like to say that it's not. Um, it hasn't reached its peak yet. So I just like that we're getting more breweries popping up and and uh, more like we're getting different types of restaurants and more more events and everything. So I kind of like to um, I guess look at that and and that kind of inspires our growth too. I'm like you know what I, I want to grow as much as I see the city growing. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty much how it inspires me. Cool. Um, is there anything else that you'd like to add? Mm, if. You know, anybody out there listening has had kombucha before and didn't like it. I've been there. I, I had my first experience and I, I hated it. Um, just give it another shot, whether it's another brand at the store or just a local one. Like, it doesn't have to be ours. It could be any other one. But just give it a shot and, and try it again because sometimes the first flavor is, is not the best one to get. So um, if you're curious, you should try it. You should go for it. If you've had it before, give it another shot. Um, you never know. It was good talking to you, man. Hopefully soon yeah, in the no, future maybe, we could meet in person. Yeah, no, maybe next time, uh, you know, we can do a follow-up or something when everything's back to normal and, and 
you know, we'll have you there at the shop, and I'll show you show you around. And cool, stuff. man. Thanks for being on the show. No, thank you. Thanks for reaching out, man.